send down some angels And they better have guns Cause everybody's crazy down here On everybody's drugs Casinos, pornos, stock shows Where white trash goes to die Bumps push balls, crack hit squirrels And birds too drunk to fly time it is is underground right good uh hello listeners and or people on the forums uh i i am kate and this is kate's bunker uh this this is episode one so i'm guessing people are probably expecting me to introduce myself uh it's tricky because i i might not do well i might not do that well not in the extent to you know podcasters you know they usually go into like uh you know here's who i am uh here's the thing i i do besides this that i i failed at so i started a podcast uh here's my real name i'm gonna give away my real name and identity like a like a fucking idiots give away everything about their lives and give up their locations and use their names like up top in the podcast they're just you know just setting yourself up to fail real cute right like you want everyone to track you like fucking i'm getting off at a tangent okay start over um all right kate uh is not my real name it's a common name difficult to track it's generic I, I have a fake last name i you know i have a i ha- i'm redacting it though like i have a fake last name i i'm choosing to not disclose my fake last name i will tell you my first fake name but not my last fake name you might ask yourself why bother making up a last name if you're not going to tell anyone what it is i'll tell you added security okay if you want to make things difficult for everyone trying to track you and your whereabouts here's what you do You pick a first name, okay? Preferably one of Judeo-Christian origin that millions of people have, all right? And then you make up a last name, okay? And you keep it in your thoughts, all right? You just just make sure you tell no one what that is. I mean, think about it, but don't, don't tell anyone, you know? But just make sure you have it, you know? It's like having an encrypted password on your real last name, you know? It's not 100% fixed, but it does make it annoying for intelligence, and that gives you time to react, you know, when when you notice that they are attempting to follow you, right? Time is everything. You know, time's not real. But here, okay, in this dimension, in the third dimension, we have to deal with time, or we will, in no uncertain terms, be murdered. We are required to comply with time, and that is fascism. You know, if you're in a worst-case scenario, like, you know, this this is why you have to do this. You do the thing with the last names. In your worst-case scenario, someone is torturing you, and they're just doing the torture, and they're screaming at you, like, Give me your name! Tell me what your last name is! What do you mean you're redacting your name? I'm just gonna keep doing torture to you until you tell me your name! You know, at that point, you do have something to say to them, but you never told anyone else what that is. Like, you have... What I'm saying is that you have a fake answer on deck for them, but in your regular life, you don't... You never told anybody what your fake last name is. I promise you that 
it helps, okay? And, you know, they, and you have to keep these security measures in place because you don't know. The shadow government just comes in and does whatever they want with no accountability. Half the time, they're not even getting the people who know anything. They just, they just don't care. They don't care. They just want to carry out their sick fucking experiments. So under no circumstances, tell them your real name. Don't do it. Don't tell them your real name. Have a fake last name on deck. I promise you. Tried and true. And if you don't, you, you run the risk of being stretched out in some kind of fucked up torture thing, and you'll be just looking around the room trying to make up last names based on shit you're seeing. And you have to tell them a fake name when you're getting tortured, alright? So what are you going to do if you don't have a fake last name on deck? You're just going to be sitting there like, oh, my last name is looking around the room. Oh, my last name is Desky or, or Pencilia or McLamperson or t Torture Device Owski. You know, and then they're gonna catch on to that, you know, and that they are, they're evil, but they're not stupid, okay? They're gonna get mad, they're gonna torture you some more, so, alright, so get a fake last name. Don't tell anybody what it is. If you get kidnapped, you'll thank me. So, if you're, if you're listening to this, you probably know me from several forums, especially on Bunker Chat, the Bunker Maintenance Forums. In the event that you are new here, I currently live in a series C47981 3XY788889 bunker. And we're underground. We're safe. We're hermetically sealed. Uh... Okay, that was something in the corner falling over, not the vent. The vent isn't falling over. Okay, the C4798132 is the, is the top-notch bunker model, all right? And I know I fight a bunch of you guys about this on the bunker chat. I know some of you remember that, that little tiff I had with the moderators when someone was trying to tell me that the D5678903FHK77775 model was the better and that my bunker is uh, an old piece of shit that's not even old enough to be considered vintage. It's just an old shitbox. That's what the OP said. And you know, one thing led to another. Might have done some light doxing, and I got, I got banned for two weeks, all right? And then, all right, I get it. That was immature. <sighs> but like... But you know, you know what else is immature? You know what else is immature? So, telling somebody that the place that you call home isn't good enough, alright? It's my home not good? It's my home, alright? It's not your space to judge me, okay? So, you know, if you're gonna judge my home, I'm gonna figure out where your home is, and I'm gonna mail a bunch of brown envelopes to your home with numbers counting down and see how you like it. And I'm only harsh because I'm right, alright? Okay, tangent. Again, where was I? Um, oh, I wasn't anywhere. Shit. I guess there's one thing I should tell you about with this, you know, that if we're, you know, if we're addressing the bunker, I gotta bring up the super. Alright, uh, we have a building super here in the bunker that somehow, uh, my landlord does not know exist. I don't know. My landlord, Chuck, I mean, he's cool and all, but, like, I don't know how he doesn't seem to have any grasp on the fact that there has been a building super inside of what's supposed to be a hermetically sealed bunker just like fucking walking in and out i don't know i don't know how this keeps happening but i do have him and it's helpful but you know uh 
It's just like, it's tough. I need him to fix my shit because as I said before, this is a top of the line bunker. However, it's currently undergoing some restructuring since we recently saw a black helicopter. I mean, it was on the news. It wasn't here, but it was too close. So I need, I need this super, but it's an obvious security threat that is here. I literally do not know how he keeps entering and exiting. This dude just keeps coming in and out. His English is pretty good, but not like 100%. So it, just got, it causes some communications breakdowns between us. And I, I can't figure out where he's from. He's like Tommy Wiseau, like, but you know, like fucking with occasional Spanish and fixing the pipes. I don't even know why he's doing this. He clearly, he has a lot of money. Like this dude, he's like wearing a Rolex and he's always like showing me vacation pictures and shit, uh, but he's still here fixing the shitter every time I clog it. It's complete fucking mystery, dude. He dresses like total shit, but the clothes are major labels. Like, there's stains and holes all over fucking everything, and I don't know how he gets in. I just don't. Like, sometimes I consider locking myself out so I can see him let himself in, or I can see him let me in or something. But, like, if he's on vacation when I pull that, I'm fucked, and he's not always gonna answer his phone. You know, if I intentionally lock myself out and he's out of state and he doesn't answer the phone, then I'm, I, then I'm just locked out of my own bunker. Uh, so, shit. Uh, and he's always got the newest iPhone, by the way. I don't get it. But anyway, um... We need to up the security even more here, so I'm having him fix things, and sometimes he needs to fix things, because, uh, the, uh, at the moment, I'm going through a divorce, alright? The, the world is broken, alright? And sometimes your heart is broken, and then sometimes if you act out or you need to process something, then the, the washing machine is broken, you know? It's a whole thing. Knowing everything I do about the world is stressful, and dealing my personal life... I can't trust a therapist with all my shit, you know? And then you, you can't be perfect all the time, you know? You just, you can't... You know, I, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I break things. Uh, sometimes I fucking break all of, all of my... The building super fixes, okay? And you know, and the, the the landlord, like I said, he's okay. I'm not gonna use his real name. I I, I was using a fake name before Chuck. Uh, that definitely works. I just keep saying stuff to him, and he keeps going like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no super there, and I I, I don't I don't understand. You feel like your landlord would have a better sense of whether or not a man is breaking in and out of your hermetically sealed bunker to fix things, but I guess not. I guess you know whatever. I'm sure that he would come in less if I stopped breaking shit as much, but, you know, I can't. I can't always stop breaking things because my heart is broken. Uh, by the truth. And by my ex-wife. So, hi to everyone from Bunker Chat and the other forums I'm on. A special thank you to people who've been following me since the Angel Fire days. Even bigger thank you to the people who are still downloading Netscape so you can look at the old site content. God bless you, man. That's, that's commitment. I mean... I'm sure we'll build more of a listener base over time as we keep releasing these and, you know, like, su subscribe, rate me, do whatever, you know, all of that helps boost this important information. You know, people need to hear it. Not too many people, though. Not, not idiots. You know, they're just, they're just gonna panic, you know, and then some people, you know, you just, you don't want to have too many people, but, you know, some people just deserve to die, you know? Not a lot, but enough. And those people don't need to hear this, right? I... Anyway, we're going to try to keep these podcasts relatively short. I'm hoping for, like, a half hour, you know, make it easy to digest. Uh, I'm not like Toe Hogan. I don't go for five to seven fucking hours. I mean, he's he's a friend of the show. Toe Hogan's a friend of the show. I, I'm sure you're familiar with his If You Don't Live Under a Rock. It's the number one rated podcast, possibly cult of all time, the Toe Hogan reality. But I think... 
we can all agree that that shit's too long. And, you know, we're close friends, but we disagree especially about the last name thing, you know, and that upsets me, you know, that he has a fake last name, but he keeps saying it out loud. Uh, obviously, Tohogan's not a real name, but, you know, he keeps saying it out loud, and this concerns me as his friend and as someone who cares about his health and safety, you know? Like, this, this isn't about right or wrong, right? I'm just worried about him. But I think that we can agree that nothing's worse than listening to a white man be wrong for five hours, uh, but he's going to be on the show for, you know, he's going to be on the show fairly frequently, though. I, I don't have that many other friends. All right. I don't have that many other friends. It doesn't matter how much I disagree with him because I have uh, no chance of this podcast getting popular unless I kiss the ring like everyone else. So, uh, Toe Hogan, friend of the pod. Next week, he's going to be on. We're actually going to be planning to talk to him about a Lincolnism, or the theory that Abe Lincoln is not real, okay? Uh, this is a controversial one, but he's shown me evidence, and it's compelling. You know, it's got, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil episode two, but it, it, it's got compelling evidence, it's got legs, and it's walking, so we're going to let it walk. Down to brass tacks, I'm sure you assumed that whatever we titled this episode today, you know, we're, we're going to be covering JFK. We're going to be covering the JFK assassination because, you know, if you don't have a working JFK theory, who even are you? So this is probably redundant for a lot of people on the various forums I'm a member of. Uh, I've gotten banned trying to have this discourse a number of times, which I, I don't, I only don't fight because I primarily get banned for doxing and not the theory itself. Like, they know I'm not wrong, and I'm working on myself, and I'm trying to stop projecting all of my interpersonal problems. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, off topic. Uh, so, JFK was killed by a tree. You know, let's just rip the band-aid off quick. JFK is killed by a tree. There's a lot of cooperation involved from the National Forest and a lot of negligence on behalf of the National Park Service, which we'll get into later, but at the end of the day, it was one tree and five words. Ancient Native American tree magic. Alright? Let that sink in. This theory comes under fire most frequently because the, the larger society does not acknowledge the existence of indigenous tree spirits, or for that matter, magic in general. And I think that we can all agree that this is a mistake, all right? Tree spirits are the original residents of this country and the least respected. They don't even receive assistance from the, the Native American sovereign states that acknowledge them and are supposed to be allied with them. And at one point, the Cherokee Nation was in talks to start pushing tree spirit concerns, but in the end, they decided that it would be damaging to their credibility to go publicly on record with that. Too risky. That's rough. They claim to respect their heritage, but nope. It's, it seems like nothing, humans do nothing but fail. But most of these free spirits don't take it personally, especially in the 1960s when this happened. The tribes can't even get their own needs met, let alone convince the government that magic is real. All right. But there are some trees who feel as though their issues are always getting sidelined, and they've spent centuries trying to get a seat at the table. Well, maybe not a table. I don't... I, you know, maybe get a seat at the... This metaphor's got holes in fucking grass outside the window of the room where the table is, or what the fuck metaphor, I don't know. The point is that there's a radical group of Native American tree spirits that assassinates people that they perceive to be their enemies. They've got beefs, and they execute them, and they manage to remain in tree form the entire time. And that's 
it's amazing that we haven't really addressed this as we keep trying to bury this because, you know, human lives are on the line. But, you know, most of the time the pe people that they attack, you know, they have some kind of moral code. You know, they are, they are spirits. And most of the time the people that they attack are anti-environmentalists. But occasionally, they'll just lash out at randoms. You know, these tree spirits that form the Splinter Group, uh... God, I don't want to... I don't have puns on this. Anyway, the, the, the smaller group of trees, they're really insecure and paranoid. Sometimes it's impossible to convince them that everyone is not out to get them. The million dollar question, of course, is how do I know this? I have a source. And unfortunately, I'm kind of a... I, this is going to make me sound like kind of a catch-22 because my source is always correct and extremely credible, but I can't disclose the identity of the source. Otherwise, he's going to be compromised, so you as the listener do not have any way of vetting the truth of the information that I'm receiving or this source's credibility at all. And, um... Yeah, I, I can understand how that would be a problem. I have some other evidence, and a lot of this require, you know, it, I have some other evidence. A lot of this is relying on my source, though, and I, I know that I'm running the risk of being called crazy and dangerously trusting of an anonymous source who started sending unsolicited drops of information on the bunker chat forums. But, you know, sticks and stones. You know, I, I don't... You know, th this is for me to put out there, and if you're going to just sit here to hate listen to it, I, I don't know what to help you. The most important thing is that we get the truth out there, and I swear on my grandmother's grave, I would never lie to anyone about any of this. It is too important. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror at night. You know, I'm not a liar. I don't lie to people. Shit, I have to take this. Fuck. Hello? You fucking lied to me. Okay, Maya, calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. What the fuck is your problem? I'm sorry, Maya. I didn't mean to strand you like that. I just got some transmissions from my source saying it wasn't going to be safe to go outside because we're dealing with a lot of helicopter surveillance yesterday. Then I was getting shit signal down here and the super couldn't fix it till the meeting was already the fucking over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you're paying the legal fees every time you pull something like this, right? Because I'm sure as hell not doing it. Look, I'm sorry. Just, just reschedule the meeting and I promise I'll sign the papers. Your promises don't mean shit, Kate. If I don't have these signed in a week, I'm reporting you to the IRS. You, Maya, no, you can't do that to me. I've never paid taxes. They'll fucking bury me. Then sign the goddamn papers. Look, Maya, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable putting my signature out there like that again. You know, it's just like I don't know who's watching. Like, You sign the marriage certificate, you can sign the divorce papers. I did that for you, Maya. You said you wouldn't marry me unless I signed the marriage paperwork. And I did it because love requires sacrifice, Maya. Okay, maybe you should try it sometime. Oh, oh, you're absolutely right, Kate. I did tell you I wouldn't marry you if you didn't sign the marriage paperwork. Because if you don't sign the marriage paperwork, you are not legally married. It's crazy. Oh, my God. You know what your problem is? That I've known my whole life that white women are the devil and I still married wow. you. Wow. I am not going to dignify that with the response. <sighs> Fine. Fine. I'll sign your shitty papers. But, you know, we could have had an off-the-books marriage, Maya. I don't need the government to tell me what real love is. Mm -mm. You know, I loved you when I married you, but I still wasn't going to give up a tax break with all your bullshit. I can't believe you're still paying taxes, all right? You're above all that bootlicking shit, Maya, all right? Stop living in a fucking fantasy world. I don't give a shit if all your little conspiracies are true. You're a bad person.
Oh, yeah? Well, if I'm a bad person, then why did I answer the phone? All right? I'm communicating with you, Maya. It's not my fault. You don't like what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. That's that's the dumbest shit you ever said to me. And you told me John F. Kennedy was killed by a tree. That's the world we live in, Maya. Wake up. Okay, sure, fine. I'll stop being a sheep. I'm going to hang up and call the IRS now. <laughs> Bring it on, bitch! They'll never find me! I live in a C47981XY78882 bunker! Okay, whatever! You're a bad person! Maya? Maya? Did she just fucking hang up on me? Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! It's just like every time, it's every time with this shit! I swear to god, I can't be fucking. It's rude! She doesn't, she doesn't even want to cooperate! She doesn't even want to, she doesn't even want to try to make things work, and I just. right after he was elected in 1960. Now, he didn't specifically do anything to piss the trees off. The trees were actually carrying this out. Uh, Susan Oswald, the woman who had been working on the Nixon campaign, uh, Susan was both a Republican and a dendrophiliac. A dendrophiliac being a person who is sexually attracted to trees. All right. Now, I find this interesting because it created a really interesting split in her political ideology. You know, when I was researching this episode, I found out from campaign documents that Susan would frequently get in heated arguments with her Republican colleagues regarding deforestation and other related environmental concerns, okay? And Susan felt that the conservation uh, should be a bipartisan concern and that she should be able to have a legally designated marriage with a tree, all right? And she got close, all right? Susan found a math error that ended up saving the Nixon campaign roughly $100,000. And, you know, as a thank you, Nixon had promised Susan that he would sneak in a subclause about legal tree marriage into anything that he passed, probably something boring, you know, something like tax-related or whatever. But... As we all know, Nixon narrowly lost this presidential race, which had been the closest one since 1916. Uh, Kennedy only led the popular vote by a little over a tenth, uh, tenth of the percent. It's, and after Nixon's 1960 loss, Susan just fell into a deep depressive episode. She abandoned her colleagues to be with the tree that she had intended to be with her husband and her adult son. Okay? So 
After Nixon's uh, 1960 loss, Susan fell into a deep depressive episode and abandoned her colleagues to be with the tree that she had intended to be her husband and her adult son. Susan Oswald's son's name was... Oh, Nina, Sing, oh, the, the fuck was that? Oh, shit. Yo, oh, kick, yeah. fucking, yo. You see me, but I'm the Yo, dude, dude. What, what's, what's going on, man? What are you doing? Uh, sorry, guys, this is the super I was talking about. You alright? What, what's going on? Do you need on? the boiler fix? What? Yo, fuck. Um, how long have you even been here? I haven't, te- I didn't text you yet. But you need the boiler fix, though. No, I do. I do need the. Uh, no, well, I do. I need, if you need the boiler face, I need to move the couch. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Well. Look. Fuck. Um. All right. Sure. I'll like move the couch or whatever. Uh, okay. How did you know that I needed the boiler fixed? You thought I had the days when you were like, ah, Oh, uh, okay, okay, all right, all right. Thank you. That not the point, dude. How long have you been here? Martes. What? Tuesday. Tuesday. No, today's Tuesday. How long have you been here physically? Like, like in the country? I mean, how long have you been like in this room? Have you have you just been standing around this whole? Did you see me break the pilot light or like? I'm fixing the pilot light now. No, I I know. Okay, yeah, fine, great. But th- how long have you been like here in this building? Okay, never mind. Can you just keep it down, though? Because I'm trying to fucking record a podcast. I just needed to be quiet, oh, you know? Oh, podcast. Oh, podcast. Like, like, like Scott Ackerman. Okay, okay. You're the, you're the uh, you know that I podcast. Yeah, it's, so, it's something like hey, that, hey, you know? You know, I love Denzel Washington is the greatest living actor of all time. Oh. Uh, Family podcast, man. Okay, okay, and yeah. Then, all right. Um, and then, uh, all right. I, yeah, you can you keep quiet? Yeah, I really. Yeah. Okay. I really need you to keep quiet, dude. Thank you. Okay. I'll be quiet. Like library mouse, mommy. Uh, that's not. Um, I guess. All right. I guess a library mouse would be quiet. Uh, thank you, though. I didn't want to have to take a cold shower. Thanks for fixing that, dude. You finally showered? Uh, I didn't say I wanted to take a cold. I didn't say it was time for me to shower. I just. Uh, whatever. We're off track, dude. I need to record. Okay, after you record, I shower. Oh, wait, no, I mean, I, I might... <sighs> Hold up, I gotta take a call. Malolo, leave him! Susan Oswald's son was named Tree Harvey Oswald. The truth that no one wants you to hear is that, you know, the supposed human killer of JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald, is actually a human-tree genetic hybrid conceived by Susan after she was impregnated by a druidic tree spirit. Right. Susan's son, he, Tree Harvey Oswald, he, he was named Tree after his father and after his paternal grandfather, who was also Tree. But he adopted the nickname of Lee so he wouldn't get bullied at school. All right. Bullying was a concern for Lee as his skin occasionally shapeshifts into a texture resembling tree bark. And at that age, he wasn't able to control it yet. This is the kind of thing that tends to, you know, settle down as the j- human tree hybrids, uh, you know, as they grow and they, they mature. And, you know, I do actually have several photographs of Lee shape-shifting from my source, which unfortunately you can't see on the podcast. It's audio, obviously. I'm not going to talk to you like you're idiots. But there there's a definite sign of flaking bark in many of these, especially around the eyes. Uh, in one picture, you can actually see something closely resembling lichen growing out of one ear. All right, and these are really great shots, uh, and I'm going to be posting them to the Patreon, which we should have up in, a, in about a week. The tree 
Tree, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, Tree, uh, he, he was put in juvenile detention at the age of seven for truancy uh, after several lengthy absences related to the bullying. And in his youth, he managed to attend and quit 22 schools, right? And this is most frequently attributed to bad behavior, but the reality is that he was unable to keep his secret at any one school for more than a few months. You know, sometime around the age of 9 or 10, he'd gotten a little better at controlling the shape-shifting, but when his hormones shifted in puberty, you know, all hell broke loose. Like, 90% of the time, you can only imagine what the locker room was like. You know, the kids are kids are fucking monsters you know it's just teenagers even worse and you know anytime someone got too close to the truth anytime someone saw him shapeshift and anytime he lost control of his powers and harmed another student with tree magic he had to leave for his own safety and for the safety of his parents you know there are very few dendrophiliacs out there but if it became known that a tree could conceive with a human it would cause mass hysteria and the, the oswalds didn't want to have to be the ones to bear that burden you know yeah. eventually at 17 he joined the marines and his parents supported his decision despite his concerns that he would become you know an ocean environment not the best place for a human tree hybrid but you know they're were, they were hoping that he would be able to reconcile that you know in order to serve the country and you know ha by the way about half of this can be corroborated by you know, wikipedia and your, your standard historians of the time period but the other half is from my source what i just gave you it's not really super relevant as tree's backstory is not what motivated the assassination you know this whole thing wouldn't have happened at all were it not for his mother Susan's involvement in the Nixon campaign when he was running against Kennedy. Like, Tree, he never meant to be involved in any of this, you know. But I'm trying to maintain as much, in, you know, journalistic integrity as I possibly can in this podcast, so I was going to give you his backstory, especially since I'm basing a lot of this on an anonymous source I can't verify. So, you know, it's, it's okay. As a person with a platform, you know, just to say that the man known as Lee Harvey Oswald is the result of an unholy combination of human and tree DNA without providing any additional depth or context. You know, I think at the, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I think in the end, we want us to all come away with knowing the tree Harvey wasn't really the villain here. All right. Like, like you said, he was a patsy. All right. But I, I'm getting ahead of myself. After Nixon lost the election, Susan Oswald was beside herself, right? She's, she spent God knows how many months convincing Nixon to bring attention to the indigenous tree spirit concerns upon being sworn into office, and now, now she's left back at square one, you know? And in 1963, uh, Susan is living outside, and she, at that point, she's living in the grasslands outside of Dallas, Texas that are protected, air quotes, you can't see him, it's a podcast, but protected by the National Park Service, alright? Sarcasm. Park Service didn't protect shit. Otherwise, Kennedy would have served a full term in office, all right? So she's living next to an abandoned fire tower next to the tree that she now has absolutely no hope that she'll ever legally marry. Well, I mean, she knew, she knew with her larger brain that legislature might be possible in the future and then it could theoretically be easier to pass the democratic control of the executive branch. But at that point, she was in a major depressive spiral. You know, she was just black pill depressed and she had no hope for anything. You know, least of all, love. We've all been there. 
you know, and even even before she was exclusively dating trees, Susan had a tendency to get involved with men who were very aloof and neglectful, and you know, to put all this energy into supporting a man like Nixon and get nothing in return. That really sent her to a bad place. And to add insult for injury, you know, Kennedy's environmental promises were not all they were cracked up to be. You know, like he talked a big talk, and this is this is a direct quote from Kennedy that I I pulled from the internet by searching uh, Kennedy environment quotes so it's real he was quoted as saying there isn't very much that you can do today that will materially alter your life in the next three to four years in the field of conservation but you can you can build for the future you can build for the future you can build for the 70s and our task is to make science the servant of conservation and devise new programs of land stewardship that will enable us to preserve this green environment all right end quote that's what i pulled Despite his efforts, it was later found that his push for hydropower was actually more damaging to the surrounding ecosystems than the, you know, the pre-existing methods that they had. So, you know, fucking fossil fuel. This is Texas, you know? And I I'm not, I'm not gonna get too off track. I'm not an environmental historian, but, you know, there's heavy consensus among conservationists that Kennedy wasn't really practicing what he preached, all right? Coming up short on the physical environment means absolutely no concern for the spiritual metaphysical environment. So no hope for the concerns of the tree spirits to receive any federal attention whatsoever. All right. Now, Susan hated everything Kennedy stood for and the only thing she agreed with him about, the environment, he was fucking up. And, you know, in that black pill depressed state Susan was in, this, this just drove her into full homicidal rage and she wanted to do anything she could to take him out. So, in November of 1963, uh, Susan received word via her own sources that she had developed connections with while she was campaigning for Nixon that in the near future, Kennedy was going to be in Dallas on her turf. She viewed this as her only chance at revenge. So, Susan convinced her husband, Tree Sr., to use a particularly powerful ritual using all ley lines that cross the Texas grasslands to summon all the spirits of the rebel trees all right so she's we're using ley lines and we're going to be summoning all of the rebel tree spirits all right so that that's what she wanted to do now here's where the extreme negligence of the national park service comes to play okay they know about all of this all right all every single thing leading up to this assassination they know and you know there are things coming out lately about how you know most air force members have had some kind of contact with ufos right Okay, it's the same as anyone who works in the national forests, especially the ones near the reservations. Most Park Service employees have had some kind of interaction with Native American tree spirits, right? It's an open secret. Honestly, it's real weird that it's not more common knowledge given how cavalier they are about it amongst themselves. My source actually waited until the record room was closed at the Lyndon B. Johnson National Grassland in Texas. When they left which wasn't even late. It was like 7 p.m. when these guys left. He just went through the black door. Like, they, they just left it wide open, and he found the file on the druids in the surrounding area with no effort. Like, not, none of the filing cabinets in that record room are locked, and that file looked like it had been sealed at one point, but the seal was already ripped off, and somebody had drawn Sharpie faces all over the trees and the pictures like it's some kind of fucking joke, you know? And there, there, was, there was shit about when they were planning the assassination. You know, it was in there. It's in the file. Uh, why am I comfortable saying this in a recorded format? I'll tell you why. Uh, because they don't care. In my opinion, uh, they're not going to come for me or my source about any of this because they're fucking lazy. You know? Like, all the National Park Service wants to do is just smoke pot 
and hang out with the Native American tree spirits like a bunch of commie hippies, even though it's an obvious threat to national security. You know, it's clear to me that they themselves have no hostility to the government, you know, if that file was so poorly protected and damaged. Obviously, they just don't care. You know, they, they would never report any of this to the FBI, simply because they don't feel like putting in the effort, and they refuse to take this seriously. So, I'm just sitting here with a full accordion full, uh, folder of fucking documents dating back to Theodore Roosevelt's term. None of it's been reported, and it took me six hours to obtain. And neither I or my source really believe that they are going to miss it. You know, fine. You know, if you guys you guys want your documents, you want your little folder in the tree spears, fucking come and get it, guys. Send Smokey the Bear to come, come to the bunker, you fucking nature nerds. I don't give a fuck. All of them Bears! You know we're not insured for bears, right? Uh, yeah, you no. know we like we can't have bears Shit. here. Uh, sorry, that sorry, bear, dude. I'm sorry. I, apparently, I I've set him off, dude. No, I I'm not talking about like real bears. There's no like, bears. You can't have bear roommates here. No. Not after the last day. No, I, to I know we covered. No, I we covered no pets in. Is there, well, no, I didn't cover that. That's right. Yeah, the, the no pets in the security deposit wasn't even with you. It was the the landlord who doesn't believe that you exist. Um, no matter how many times I tell you, but no, like there's no pets here. I know that. You get yeah. I don't really know why they ever live stream this podcast. You know, and I, I keep, 
uh, keep listening because this is a lot of information really fast. It could help you to, you know, hear it twice, even if you don't understand it at all, you know, when you hear it the first time. But, you know, it's like that movie Memento, but I'm not catching up. Uh, if you want to be a traditionalist and you're streaming, just, just download this on iTunes later. Otherwise, just uh, stay on. It'll only help you. Uh, repetition. You know, it's, it helps. That's basic neuroscience. Um, so, yeah, on to November 22nd, uh, 1963. Again, not going to talk to you like you're idiots. Obviously, Susan wasn't going to do the deed herself. And obviously, a tree can't shoot a gun. All right? So, the only tree who would be capable of channeling tree magic and shooting again would be a tree-human hybrid. All right? So, you know, the, this first draft pick, obviously, Susan's son, Tree Jr. And, like I said before, he, he didn't really want to do this, but, you know, Tree can't shoot a gun, so you have to get a Tree-human hybrid, there's not that many out there, and then this is the, the one that was closest to the family. He didn't really want to do this. His mother insisted, and the rebel Tree spirits assured him that they would be present during the assassination, and that they had already performed a dark ritual to gain the ability to possess the trees surrounding Elm Street where the presidential motorcade was planning to take place, all right? Which, again, major negligence on behalf of the National Park Service. There was an obvious pentagram burned into one of the picnic areas in the grasslands, and they did absolutely nothing but take selfies with it, all right? I have them. There's Polaroids of park rangers just drinking beer and daring themselves to go into a dark tree magic ritual circle. And that's just, that's, it was just in use, too. You know, like, the, the, the smoke is still going. It's irresponsible, you know? Don't know why they sleep at night. Okay, so November 22nd, 1963. All right, so this, this is real important. Elm Street, the name Elm Street, it's got nothing to do with it, all right? I've had a, a lot of people bring it up with me in the forums that a lot of streets are named after trees in Dallas, all right? That is completely irrelevant, okay? If you go to a, any major city in the country, any suburb, it's just going to be lousy with fucking streets named after trees. You know, you just, it, it, sometimes it's just cigars, just cigar guys. It's not all a conspiracy, right? Take your lithium, meditate, ground yourself. But the reason the trajectory of the bullet that killed Kennedy was so wild is that Tree Harvey is a bad shot, and he had to channel Native American tree magic to ensure that the bullet hit his target, alright? So, that term, magic bullet, that is used by conspiracy theorists who believe that the uh, supposed trajectory of the bullet that killed the president was impossible and something different was at play, uh, so, half right. There's actually a literal term for how that bullet was able to hit the target. Because, you know, it needed magic. Because Tree Harvey really couldn't hit the side of a fucking barn door. Alright? He was an absolute garbage shot. No matter how hard he practiced. No matter how many times he went to the range. And ironically, that's probably due to his, uh, you know, his tree DNA limiting his depth perception. You know, obviously trees can't see super far. Uh, to, now, it, this is where it gets fucked up. The tree spirits promised protection for Tree Harvey, but when the heat on him got too strong, they just abandoned him. You know, they, di they didn't want the Secret Service to find out that he was associated with Native American tree spirits. Otherwise, they would have no shot at all at having their agenda pushed on a local level, let alone the federal level. And not for nothing, there, there is a lot of, well, I don't, I don't think racism is the appropriate word here, but human tree hybrids do not have the same respect as full trees, so it's possible that, you know, due to the stigma, it could, it could have been regarded as expendable, right? So, 
While they were all present during the assassination itself, uh, once he was away from the scene of the crime, uh, communications went dark. There, there was no assistance to be had. They just it dropped him cold. And the rest is history. You know, Tree Harvey had a violent outburst after he found out he was not going to get any protection from the rebel tree spirits. Uh, he committed another homicide, and then he himself was assassinated. And that, my friends, is the truth. The whole unfiltered truth that keeps getting me banned from countless corners of the internet that are supposed to be tolerant of outside-the-box thinking. You know what I know the most fucked up thing about all this is? Uh, take a look at any pictures of the day of the assassination. Look, any single picture of the day of the assassination, go fucking go on Google Images right now, type in JFK assassination, alright? And then look at this. There are trees in every single picture. And yet somehow no one has made the connection, even with clear photographic evidence that trees were present during every stage of the crime. Like, nobody seems to have made this connection. It's right there. It's staring you in the face. You know, I have every single published picture of the assassination, as well as three extras from my source, and I just find myself flipping through them. Like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Like, boom, there's another tree. Boom, there's another tree. Boom, three trees. You know, just sitting around, watching, watching them go through this and doing absolutely nothing, you know? And for reference, so so you just don't don't go looking. I'm gonna post all these to the Patreon with some footnotes on how the trees were positioned around Elm Street and other various strategic places in Dallas. And you know, it makes my stomach turn, especially because this wasn't tree. Like I said before, this isn't Tree Harvey's beef. This is his mother's. He was a patsy, and he he wasn't even really invested in this. He was just kind of doing this for his family and peer pressure, as many peers as you can have if you're a human tree hybrid. There, you know, there's there's just so many pictures of trees along the medic, you know, the the presidential motorcade possessed by domestic terrorist tree spirits, all standing by watching this happen, knowing full well they're gonna abandon him if he got too much heat from the feds when it was over. You know, and Susan had radicalized them to the point where they, you know, they felt that her son would be a necessary casualty if it came down to it. It's like, I, I don't have any kids. You know, I, I don't want to judge parents. I know parenting's complicated, and I don't I don't really feel qualified to comment, but, you know, it, you really... You shouldn't exploit your children like that. It's like the crow says, you know, mother is the name for God in the lips and hearts of all children. You know, don't, don't use that emotional bond to pressure your kids into risky behavior. That's just not fair, all right? If you got kids, hug them. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. You know, just be glad that you have somebody in your at all, you know, I, I sure say, you know, hug your kids, hug, hug your kids, and don't tell them to kill the president, all right? <sighs> all right, so, all right, I, I just remembered that I lost my trade paperback of the crow and the divorce, and I'm real depressed, so I'm gonna end it here, sorry if it's kind of abrupt, uh, but, uh, so is my wife leaving me, we all have our crosses to bear, deal with it. Thanks for listening. We're going to have Toe Hogan on next week. And uh, like, share, subscribe, and check out the Patreon. And uh, yeah, tune in. Uh, Toe Hogan, we're going to be talking about a Lincolnism. Uh, thank you. And keep questioning. Goodbye. Kate Bunker is written and directed by Hannah Harkness, with post production by V. Jordan. This episode features voice acting by Chanel Ali. Benal Jermosen, and Hannah Harkness as Kate. The theme music is Elephant Bones by That Handsome Double. Follow Hannah at Hark underscore It's Hannah on Twitter and Instagram, and New Queer Order at New Queer Order on Twitter and Instagram. The truth is down there. <laughs>